Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You know, we've been talking to our next guest for years and years on this show, and I've talked to her... I've talked to her on a yacht. Mm. She was on the yacht. Yeah, I was about to say, what? You in were on middle, a yacht? In the middle of the ocean overseas, and uh, you just never know where this telephone hookup is going to happen. But mm-hmm. I can tell you today, today, Teresa Payton is at Quantico. <gasps> That's where she is right now. It's so cool. Am I right, Teresa Payton? You are right. Uh, I did not run on the same running trails that uh, Jodie Foster did in Silence of the Lambs, but I did take a look at them, and I stayed on the road. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you can see them, and you said, I'm just not going to take that same route. I'm just going to wave at those folks as I pass them by in my automobile. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing there this morning at this early hour? Yeah, yeah this is an incredible week. Such an honor to be here. Um, This is the cyber academy that the FBI holds to strengthen partnerships between the FBI and private sector companies and those uh, protecting companies. Uh, It's an incredible week. We get to meet all these dedicated men and women who are serving the country in many different ways. Um, And uh, we actually get a little bit of hands-on demonstrations as well. Uh, but it's a really great week. It's Chatham House rules, so a lot of what we discuss here uh, won't you know, be covered publicly. But uh, something interesting, due to COVID protocols, this FBI um, Academy for uh, Cyber was held last year in Charlotte, but it is back um, here at Quantico at the FBI Academy uh, and just a really great group of uh, FBI individuals that are here as well as private sector. How lucky are we that we know that you are there making sure that our country and our world is safe? Because you, I feel like you know more information than just about anybody. So let's get into some other uh, security issues, some headlines that um, are super important this week. One that I saw that I wanted to touch on with you is about the uh, the EPA and the public water supply safety. This is not something that you think about when you think of cyber security. No, it's not. And obviously, we all want to make sure we have clean, safe drinking water. And um, we've had two incidents in this country. And so people may not realize um, there was an employee uh, for one of the uh, water districts in Kansas in 2021 who tampered with the water system, remotely accessed it and shut it down. Who needs nation state hackers when, you know, a mad employee can do it themselves? There was another incident in Florida where somebody attempted uh, to poison the water, uh, again, through sort of technical means. So we've got a real challenge in this country where many of our water supply systems are supplied by smaller entities who don't have large budgets, who uh, a lot of times this infrastructure was built to distribute water in a clean, safe way. And they didn't have to worry about people on the Internet accessing the systems um, and doing something. So um, we've got a real uh, danger here. But the good news is, is there's a lot of lessons learned from those two incidents and they are being applied. And the EPA is asking all water districts, if you don't have the resources, please contact the federal government. There are grants. 
There are free resources that can be used. Um, every single uh, department that's responsible for water in this country, large or small, needs to take note of these new EPA guidelines. Teresa Payton, our cybersecurity expert from Quantico, as we speak today, uh, getting set to uh, speak there and participate in uh, some training activities. Now, um, uh, there's a gener general question uh, that we've been sort of trading text with you about, about whether the United States is going to update laws for children's digital privacy. And, and on top of that, uh, an article that caught our attention in the New York Post, and it's titled, I Pretended to Be a 14-Year-Old Boy on TikTok, and What I Saw Terrified Me. And if you go further into this, uh, this person impersonates a 14-year-old boy, but really uh, creates an account, but then passively just waits in, to see what auto-generates mm -hmm. as far as uh, uh, other users on TikTok and would come into the, to their feed. And it really is mind-boggling again and what happens when all the, it's, it's a passive account uh other than the fact that they you know join but but the 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 users that come in contact with someone who is purporting to be a 14 year old child is uh it's amazing what is out there and it's uh, it ought to scare you to death actually it really does and so this speaks to the black box that is algorithms of social media platforms. And uh, it would be interesting to do this study across multiple platforms with the same profile, with that, and you, you said it, that passive approach. So it wasn't like this reporter said, now let me go look at some things and like some things and spend some time on things. Literally all the reporter did was set up a profile, said it was a 14-year-old boy named Jaden, and then waited, and they set up the profile on TikTok and YouTube. Yeah. And the algorithm, without Jaden doing anything, decided a 14-year-old boy, let me serve you up narcissism, let me you know, uh, serve you up misogyny, let me serve you up. Look, here's a, a boy around your age with a fist in a girl's face. What is happening here? And so this is this is a real clear and present danger for our youth, but also for us as adults. We don't need to be served up this stuff either. So these algorithms, these black box algorithms, social media companies need to be held accountable. You should be allowed to set up a profile and decide what you opt out of, what you opt into. And certainly, and you know, we still have ratings for movies. And if, you know, movies had things like, this, you couldn't take your child into the movie theater. They had to be accompanied by adults. But on the Internet, they could just be fed this stuff all day long. Well, and it socializes young people to believe a certain way or to think a certain way about other people. This is the, the in, in a deeper dive or maybe thinking about this too much. You know, TikTok especially, and this, this report is about a TikTok account. There's so much discussion about how nefarious TikTok is because it is a, an app that is a Chinese-created app. Is there potential that within that algorithm there is nefarious intent in trying to socialize our culture to be divided, to be misogynistic, to be racist, to be sexist, all of those things in order to take away our freedoms and power? Well, this is a concern. I mean, so TikTok does have a U.S. headquartered office. They've talked about how they've been separating the technology, so it's U.S.-based to protect the privacy of the profiles and, and things like that. But it is a concern that misinformation and disinformation campaigns can be proliferated 
on all types of social media platforms. This particular platform, its origin story, is a company headquartered in China uh, that has a background in doing algorithms uh, around serving up music. Um, and then the algorithms have now been fine-tuned for the social media, sort of this video sharing commenting platform that is TikTok today. Um, the algorithms have somewhat leapfrogged in some cases, uh, the algorithms of the other social media platforms. And it is not, um, you know, origin story, it is not a U.S. An, an initially originated uh, company. So there are some concerns that when you have another country, they could be doing influencing campaigns as well as censoring campaigns that don't follow the guidelines of sort of the United States and the moral compass here. All right, Teresa, we got to stop it there. Uh, let me say in closing that on International Women's Day, uh, I'm thankful for you, and yes. I'm thankful for Beth Troutman, two of the most impressive women uh, that I know. So uh, oh. thank you for what you're doing. And uh, uh, Clary, uh, I mean, Teresa, <laughs> I hope you have a, a great day at Quantico. Uh, thank you, uh, Bo. Thank you for that. And, and Beth, appreciate you so much. Happy International Women's Day. And Beth and Bo, be safe out there.